Hello, welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is Season 6, Episode 3, To Activate, with Lena Lewis. In early 2021, a public high school in southwest Portland, Oregon, known as Woodrow Wilson High, formally changed its name to Ida B. Wells Barnett High School. With mentorship from local activist groups, students of the school organized their community to encourage the Portland Public Schools Board to approve the name change. Now, the school is enjoying a new program called the Ida B. Wells Arts Immersion. It's a pilot project for ninth grade students. Local artist Lena Lewis runs an art organization called Viva Live Free, and she's been working directly on this project with the principal, pods of teachers, and lots of students to develop this innovative, collaborative, student-centric art project. Those kids are now connecting and engaging with each other through this multidisciplinary, expressive arts program, and it's providing very valuable connections for the ninth grade students who were not able to physically and socially be together in school for two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm really excited by the work these trauma-informed artists are creating together on site there at the school during precious school hours. I asked Lena about her experience navigating what is often a dense system full of red tape to reclaim time for art and healing for these young people. I hope you enjoy what she has to say, and you're welcome to check out some of the work and photos and behind-the-scenes content from the installations at vivalovefree.com. My name is Lena Lewis, the founding director Uh, with a group of people since 2012. So we're 10 years now. Yeah, I was born and raised in Portland. I went to what is now Ida B. Wells Barnett High School. So I'm an alumni. In summer 2020, when they were going through the name change, and I, I believe it became official, the alumni association, specifically my class of 85, reached out to me and they said, you know, hey, we want to pay for you to paint a mural. I said, you know, that's great, but it would be a lot more meaningful to go into the school and do a student-led project with the youth who have been taking a beating, because I can only begin to imagine what they have gone through, organizing, mobilizing, fighting for this name change and all of the hell that they have gone through to try to get this done. And so that would be most meaningful for everyone as a community. With these students who really led this movement, the momentum, and saw it through, that's what I want to do. And so they were like, okay, whatever. (laughs) That is what I do. We do very, we're like bias for us. Everything that we do is very much centering the people, the community of which the subject is. You know, we met with a principal by Zoom, talked about it. Principal Philip Hristic was super supportive, really thrilled about the project, about the opportunity. And it's been almost 18 months 
obviously it was pandemic school wasn't in so we did like six months of kind of talking by you know zoom meetings and stuff and we met with all the teachers pods for the ninth grade it took a long while to get into black student union to finally get to these students no place for hate uh which is a uh, part of the anti-defamation league so we did workshops and so this is the way that we work it's like yes there has to be like curriculum planning we're not planning a curriculum with the teachers and then presenting it to the student. What student-led, student-centered projects means is that they're actually active players in the formation, in the design of the project from day one. So what that looks like is going in, doing like a multimedia project that's just very low stakes, absolutely collaborative that happens in like 90 minutes we end up with you know one or two ready to install large pieces of work so using painting cutting paper collage using the figures using people from for instance in the class and I can share some some of the images with you we turned out to large pieces in like two hours. Of course, a lot of people feel like I'm not creative, I'm not an artist, and it's like, oh, don't worry about it. And I just put a paint in their hand. It's a very active workshop. So they don't even have time to say, I'm not good at this, I'm not doing this. It's like, switch it from your right hand to your left hand, turn around, move three spaces over here, do a different brush stroke, and you know, our Artist apprentices who work with us, who are paid artist apprentices, mostly young, sometimes returning older folks who are creative, but who have not had the chance to have those skills developed. Well, they get paid to work on all these projects and do production and do every aspect of pre-production, production and post. And so it's like this incredible opportunity to build skills and after COVID, anytime people are always enthusiastic about our projects, but it's specifically suited for what we've been going through in the pandemic, being isolated, needing ways to connect, and especially the nonverbal. Connecting in that way, and art is very democratizing. It really levels the playing field. When everybody has a brush in their hand and they're moving around and... <laughs> You know, people are working on the same project and there's, you know, people in a circle and everyone's, you know, moving pieces around and cutting and papers kind of flying around. It's like there, you know, there is no hierarchy at that point. Maybe 10 minutes later after, you know, people wash their hands and go back to this is a teacher, this is a student, this is an adult, this is a minor, but during that time, we're all just like getting in where we fit in. We're working it out. There's just, that's where the juice is. The ninth graders hadn't been in school since seventh grade. So going into a high school environment, I mean, everyone's like, whoa, high school is intense. But like having two years of being isolated, then all of a sudden there's thousands of kids flooding around you that's so overwhelming and we know all of the increased anxiety 
depression. I mean, it's already off the charts, but it's like really just exploding. And there's not any specific curriculum or programming in the schools to deal directly with that. What Viva La Free does is really we're creating opportunities for people to process, hopefully heal and release some of that. And a lot of it is just like that energy. We don't know what to do with it. And it's like beyond words. What we know about trauma is that there are times when people don't respond to traditional like methods of talk therapy where, you know, something rhythm, pattern, these kind of things start to gently come back into their body. And that's what like the large brush strokes are about. That's what the large physical, nonverbal artistic expression is about. It's, there is absolutely a method to the madness. And a lot of times some people come into our projects and are like, this looks great. This is like, especially somebody that's very much dedicated to order and the proofs in the pudding, people come out and they're, and then we have, you know, this incredible art that comes out of it as well. I know I'm very much process over product and that's, that's what we do. So at this point, we are going to have some summer workshops as well as Ida B. Wells High School is going to be renovated. It made perfect sense to do an immersive arts project rather than a one-off mural that we will do mobile installation. And I'm always for a mobile installation because you can, obviously it's mobile, you can yes. move it, yeah. you can change yeah. it yeah. and you can, it's and it smooth. can travel. Even you can do panels that make up a mural like a lot of times we use four by eights and they can just slide. You just, you know, make your gorgeous little brackets or not so gorgeous. And they just can like slide in how we connect with other people, especially in community projects. And even as an audience um, walking down the street and seeing public art, you have a relationship even a piece of art that someone you never knew did, or maybe they're not a well-known name, but you have a personal experience with that art. I feel like it, it creates really this web. I see it, I really see Portland in the way that also specifically how Viva La Free, all of our projects, like almost a, I mean, I don't want to get too esoteric, but like Indra's net, I think of it as those, all of those points, vertices, and like it's connected and it creates. So in these physical spaces, really these portals, and it's also a way of reclaiming space. That's something that we first started with and that we were really talking about the power of public art and how you were able to reclaim a space, maybe not even reclaim, but like we're here. This is where we live. This is home, our community. And I see myself here and there. And I see my neighbor and my best friend and my mom. And there's my dad and there's my granddaughter. And I see representations of all that. And it really feels like home. I mean, also the performing arts. I feel like 
you know, Portland definitely is an arts town. I mean, for the like for the future of Portland, I just like I just feel like you can't ever have you know that there's more art. And my you know when I travel and I see some places, there's like art absolutely everywhere, and it there's an energy of I would say of, you know it's just like the difference between you know the like cookie cutter suburbs where like every development could look like any development in any suburb in any city. And then like Portland neighborhoods where you see 80 different trees on one block and each house has its own character. It creates, there's its own character, its own personality. It's just brings so much flavor and so much character to, to the city. I feel like it's very individual and it has a, like, I really feel like people have a relationship with the arts that are around. One of my first experiences was doing a mural as a very young kid. And as I grew up and grew older, I would go by there. It was like, I did this. This is what I did. And I remember, and it's like, you know, I belong here. This is something I did. And this is, you know, it's a way to bring people together who may not have much at all in common. And that's how we use art activism. When we mobilize and we use art to activate, they don't move away from it or like, I don't want to talk about this. A lot of things, if I was to stand up with a loudspeaker and say like, no, 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 this is this or whatever, it would have an opposite effect. But when you have, you know, sidewalk chalk and you have, you know, these mobile interactive murals happening and different activities going on, people are going to like swarm and be like, oh, what are you doing here? Here's a paintbrush. Come on, let's do this. And everybody's, you know, active. Why are you guys doing this? This is great. Oh, we're doing this to support da, 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 da. We're doing this to support. And it's like, it's like too late. You're in. <laughs> They're like, this is so fun. Why are you doing this? Even if they're like, they're not, I've never had somebody throw down their brush. This is, no, I don't want it. You know, we're, we're making this thing together and, you know, whether it's theater, film, dance, because that's been our big growth is having the dance collective. My main goal is to celebrate these students who were so important in the name change and they've gotten lost in all of this. The internal process of giving them the time and space. When I went there, there was no such thing of, as Black Student Union. There were a lot of Jewish students at the school. There was no anti-defamation league. There was no no place for hate. So for me, just even going back there and that there's a Black Student Union and a, and a No Place for Hate, and there's those spaces where they get to relax and have that space a couple times a week. It's just like unbelievable being there. It's so healing to be back there. And I'm just like always telling them like, what you all did is so incredibly meaningful. One of our artist has been with us a long time, also went to Wilson. This is for you. Like, what do you guys want to do? It's yeah. not, oh, hey, I have this idea. We're, We're going to do this and this. Yeah. No, it's like, 
here's this. And like out of, out of that, like just being in that space and all of us doing there, like, you know, all of the juices start flowing and then they're like, wow, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. And I'm just like, notes, 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 notes. So it's like, yes, we can do this. Yes, we can do this. We can do this on this scale in this way. Here's some ideas. And so it's like, that's why having those workshops are, are absolutely critical because that's where when you get people, you know, doing, creating together, collaborating and just having fun, it's like, outcomes some you know things that may not ever come out that they feel like relaxed enough and you know that they can and also like come out of their comfort zone a little bit to where they can go hey yeah we can do this literally with the project the way that the process defines the next steps of the project because I go in and administrators and teachers hate to hear this. When I go in and I'm like, the students are going to define what it is. And I'm like, this is how it works. This is how this other project is works. So I already have like, and I tell them like my, one of my skills is executing, doing the most with the least, always like executing, having like this incredible outcome and these incredible, um, you know, outcomes, not just the bow on top, but the experience that the students have, the connection, and that is the process over product. No, I, we don't want you, I don't want to sit in a meeting with you and discuss like plan. Yes, of course it has to be planned. There's yeah. planning. I mean, but, but so- I am not defining, the adults are not defining the next subject matter. And also because of it can be so broad, it can be like, we're going to do a vlog of creating public art or what, you know, whatever, like that they come up with. And, you know, that this is like creating digital art. And, you know, so we have a lot of directions that we're going to go in over the summer and just we're like, we already have two incredible installation pieces. So, we're just building the content and it definitely looks like some will be digital. Some will be wearable art, um, as well as more, um, visual art will be created. And so we will have, you know, an installation exhibit worth. And that was like the original idea was that it would be an, an installation of multidisciplinary work. This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Dominic Armstrong. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie.